0: You've been sold the idea that financial independence is all about some number on your account statement, or even worse, that you don't qualify because of where you started out. That's just not true. It's not about some well-kept secret of the wealthy. It's about finding the right information and knowing how to apply it. On the Get Ready for the Future show, we're answering your questions so you can start making real financial change today. The journey to true financial independence begins right here, and it starts with you
1: here to help people discover protect and share true financial independence this is the get ready for the future show welcome aboard for another q a session right here scott inman along with john shrewsbury welcome and it is man rapidly approaching the first day of fall as we record this on a wednesday september 20th just had to look it up because i always forget the exact day i know i know we're getting close we are saturday september 23rd is the official first day of fall uh, fall is in the air here in the natural state, and that means q three is about over. I mean, we are just flying through.
2: yeah, it, the year. it has been a a blitz of a summer. It's all almost like summer didn't happen. It was like, sure really quick and then now we're into fall and football season and lots of activities and things of that nature and lots of questions about money
1: yeah and a question about maybe someone who's thinking about perpetual summers right that's kind of where we are we're talking about beach houses as we get rolling today uh keep in mind you can get your questions to us by calling them in and leaving a voicemail or texting them to us at 501-381-5228 we want to hear from you and we want to answer your questions on the air. And each week, the question of the week is uh, available up for grabs. And the winner of the question of the week will get a Get Ready for the Future show Tumblr, sported right here on the video version of the Get Ready for the Future show. Drink out of it every week. They gave me one. I think it's on loan, though. I think I probably will have yeah, to give you, it back. Yeah, Well, probably not. It's, it it <laughs> would be a
2: used item at
1: that particular point <laughs> no, in time. I'm not saying we're going to give it to anybody. I'm <laughs> just saying that I don't get to own it, right? There you go. I'm not that, uh, not that fortunate. But we want to get those questions answered. We've got good ones today, so let's dive right in. We'll start with Charlie from Bryant. He writes, I'm closing in on my retirement, and I'd like to move when I'm done with work. Really, anywhere with a beach. Wouldn't we all, Charlie? But the prices on homes are stupidly ridiculous. and in- Stupidly ridiculous. Yes, I agree, Charlie. And interest rates for mortgages have been skyrocketing on a roll, currently over 7%. Yes. Do I just invest my spare cash into stock and wait for a housing crash, or should I go ahead and buy a home? Anyways, I've got plenty saved separately to last me through retirement, so I'm not concerned about basic needs. I do still want to travel some and be able to host the kids and grandkids at the beach. All right, Charlie, thanks for that question. Boy, you talk about beach houses. John, you and I have explored this in our minds yeah, many times. we have. I mean, that is that is the ultimate retirement dream, and we don't want to discourage anybody from dreaming, but I think Charlie's thinking correctly in that that stupidly ridiculous comment.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and I have to say that I would not be a buyer right now of beachfront property because mm. COVID really exploded yeah. uh, the prices on any kind of real high-end property that that's out there. Uh, and and so let me give you an example of of how frothy this is. And this happened uh, a couple of years ago. I went on vacation to uh, the 30A area of the Panhandle of Florida in the Redneck Riviera area <laughs> and uh, and was just, I, I think uh, one of our friends connected me with a real estate agent down there, just hey, go look at some houses. And so I did. And I really nice houses down there. Very nice, comfortable, nothing extravagant. You know, uh, the house in Arkansas might sell for about, I don't know, five six $600,000, something like that. Down there is about a million five. Well, when you begin to look at the history of that home, two years prior, it sold for $550,000, and today it's a million five. I told the real estate agent, I said, I know you saw me coming, but you didn't see me that far away. (laughs) So, you know, uh, there is a lot of froth in that market right now. So I would not advise acting right now to buy anything. There may be an opportunity if we have an economic downturn something like that, that usually is a great time to begin to look at things like that. I know during 2008, uh, during the big financial crisis of 2008, they were selling properties like hotcakes in Florida. It was like a, a you know rummage sale almost that you could go down there and buy something very exquisite for very cheap money. Well, it ain't that way now. And so uh, I think that that the more flexible thing to do, Charlie, frankly, is to take a look at at, at the the rental market the verbo market things of that nature and that really does give some flexibility scott
1: yeah i think you you don't have to invest uh, as much of your money for sure and i think that that it you know i don't i want to draw a line here between a couple of things so uh, i think if you're talking about he said he really wanted to be with a beach right he wanted to gr- to move somewhere with a beach so if you can determine whether your priority is to be on the beach or near a beach that might make a difference in w- in what I would say because yeah. to, I I'm in full agreement with you on the beachfront properties, but if you could look at you know a couple miles off the beach, I I look at Navarre Beach a lot, right? You and I get the feeds from the realtors, still yeah. I like to look at it yeah. just just to look. But those are a lot more reasonable if you're willing to drive to the beach, but still have the beachfront vibe on a day to day basis. I don't think that the uh, the ridiculously stupid or the stupidly ridiculous, as, as Charlie mentions, is really there happening on that level. And then the other thing, too, is, is you know, people may be hearing, oh, don't get in the beach house market, don't get in the beach house market. If you're going to live there permanently is what we're really talking about, right? If you're going to rent it out, that may be a little bit different game because you will be bringing in income. But what Charlie's talking right. about is being a permanent resident. Right. And, if, and that that may not be the timing on that may not be the best.
2: Yeah, and I think if you uh, really just stop and think about all the other costs that are involved in that, you've got insurance, which is a huge deal if you are on a coastline that is susceptible to hurricane. Florida Mm -hmm. is having a terrible time with property insurance right now. Uh, Property on the beach is very susceptible to uh, hurricanes and things of that nature. So you've got that factor. You've also got the maintenance, the upkeep, the property taxes, this can be a money pit, and it'd be absolutely nothing wrong with the property. Uh, you've got the mortgage. You've got the higher interest rates. And, and yes, we are higher than we were before, but the interest rates are ridiculously low, uh, were ridiculously low yeah. in the past. Yeah. And they're more normalized now. People yeah. have a lot of recency bias about interest rates.
1: I actually looked this up. The the long-term average mortgage rate in the United States is 7.74%. Yeah. So, we're actually below the long-term average. So I wouldn't let. So so if someone else is listening to us, thinking about just buying a, a home in general, don't don't let the mortgage rate discourage you, because I think we're going to be. You know the the term has been, and we did the fastest four on this uh, just last week about uh, higher for longer. That's what we're hearing right now about interest rates. Right, we're going to be right. higher for longer, but are we really higher? Higher is a relative term. If we're on average, then we're really just going to be average for longer, and I do think that's going to be the case when it comes to interest rates.
2: Yeah, the the uh, pencil pushers in the back call it reversion to the mean. Yes. Yeah, that's everything kind of gets back to average, right? And that's what has happened with interest rates. It feels like they are high because we were in a low interest rate environment for so long, but it was abnormally low and it was artificially low because yes. the Fed was trying to stimulate the economy. Yeah. And if you got one of those mortgages at two and three quarter percent, you're probably not likely
1: to move. But if you have to move, if you're relocating, I would say don't wait for mortgage rates to go down. We are in the new norm. Uh, we just as we meet today, as we uh, are on the air today, the Fed is meeting and announcing whether they're going to uh, raise interest rates. The full expectation of the market is, is that they're not going to in September, but they may still down the road. But we are nearing the end. I think everybody's in agreement there. everybody's the near future, the end of the rate hikes are coming soon. But not to diverge too much from Charlie's question here, but I do want to bring this into play. You know, John, we've been talking about, and we're going to have a question a little later about a recession. Uh, You know, we've been talking about, is there going to be, is there going to be, when is it going to be? And it may still happen, but read today that we're expecting Q3 earnings growth now from S&P 500 companies. So, what was an earnings recession is now apparently being steered out of it into an earnings growth period, which I think supports this, this theory that we're in a, a we're going to stabilize where we are with rates for a little bit of a, a little length of time. Just remember, it's never as bad yeah. or as good as you think it is. Charlie, thanks very much. Hope that was helpful for you. It's got me thinking about going and sitting on the beach for a week, though. I will say that. <laughs> Get your questions to us. This is Charlie's question is going to be the question of the week. Congratulations, Charlie. Thanks for reaching out with your question. We would love to send you, as mentioned before, the Get Ready for the Future show Tumblr for being the question of the week. We need to know how to get it to you, though. Email us, show at getreadyforthefuture.com to claim it and tell us how you'd like to receive it. Our next question is from Thomas in Bentonville, and he writes, If I do a backdoor Roth conversion from my Works 403B after-tax bucket, are all those dollars – considered contributions or are or a mix of contributions and growth once it transfers over to the Roth IRA man so that's a that's a lot there Thomas
2: has been thinking it's a um, highly technical question here
1: yeah so I think the answer the answer greatly depends uh, on your on your plan but I think it's important probably let's talk about the basics John before we kind of get into this of what he's referring to when he says backdoor Roth?
2: Well, I think he may have a little bit of a misnomer here yeah. in that a backdoor Roth con- uh, conversion is a conversion from a traditional IRA or 401k plan. In this case, he talks about a 403b after-tax bucket. Yep. So this money has already been taxed, and the, the money has gone into this after-tax 403 bucket. So technically, it's not a conversion. It would just be a a transfer, a rollover from that uh, tax tax, after-tax 403b to a Roth IRA. Now the plan rules dictate whether or not there is a triggering event that's necessary to actually make that happen. So uh, some plans allow you to take the after-tax dollars and roll them anywhere you want to roll them, even while you're still employed. So that is certainly a possibility. Uh, so it won't matter once it's in the Roth, it comes out tax-free. The benefit of the Roth IRA, especially starting early is tax-free income and taxes on what I call the apple seed as opposed to the apple. So in this case, he has paid taxes on the, the contributions, the money's growing tax deferred, just like it would in a Roth. So I don't see any real big issue here, uh, Everything that that you can buy with after-tax dollars, uh, everything that you buy in retirement is with after-tax dollars. So this is a good way of being able to get money into a Roth IRA and for retirement, Scott. That's a huge deal because you've got a uh, an interplay there with the Roth IRA. It does not enhance the taxability of social security like other income does
1: right and you know when he's talking about the uh, dollars being considered a contribution or a mix of contributions and growth and not sure what he's speaking of exactly there but i'm going to go with my best guess on what the words he's using here but it would be a contribution before it ever leaves the 403b right if you've put money into your 403b the contribution has been made so if we're moving that to a Roth IRA, there's no additional contribution. Right. And, and the money goes from one place to another without any taxes because it has already been paid. I think that's it. We see this a lot uh, with clients a lot of times, and I'm not exactly sure why, but when, when a client chooses to do a 401k rollover, most of it usually still today ends up being pre-tax dollars. The, the, the taxes have never been paid on it, so they get rolled over into a traditional IRA, But many times there's a small little bit in an after-tax account that got put into uh, their 401k, or in in Thomas's case, the 403b, and that is rolled over as well, but it goes right into a Roth IRA.
2: Yeah, I think that maybe the contribution level is important if Thomas is below 59.5, and and here's why. If he rolls that money to the Roth IRA, then the question becomes— does he have access to some of that money before 59 and a half? And that's where the contribution question would come into play Mm -hmm. because accessing that contribution is tax-free and penalty-free out of the Roth IRA. Most people don't know that, but it is a 100% tax-free, penalty-free withdrawal if you take only the contributions to the Roth IRA out prior to 59 and a half. So that could be the issue here. Uh, we're just going to say, look, here's the the real bottom line. You need to consult with your CPA or your tax preparer on this because it is a complex question. We've given you our best understanding of it, but we're not tax advisors right. per se. But we do believe that that, that would be the, the real central question, that Thomas is under 59 and a half and trying to figure out whether he can get to some of that money Without triggering a tax or a penalty, and you can because those contributions will follow you from the 403b into the Roth IRA. So as long as you know what your contributions were, that basis, if you will, will follow you over to the 403b.
1: Okay. So before we leave this question, do want to address the backdoor Roth in general because people may have been listening out there and heard that term and never heard it before, or maybe they have heard it uh, thrown around and would like to know exactly what that is. So. In this case, we're not really talking about a backdoor Roth. If, it, it, As we've already kind of established, it is a transfer or a rollover to a Roth IRA. It's already existing in an after-tax account. A backdoor Roth is, generally speaking, an opportunity for someone who doesn't qualify because of income to make a contribution directly to a Roth IRA. This allows them to make a contribution to a traditional IRA and then convert those dollars, those funds to a Roth IRA. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, again, if you make too much money, you're ineligible to uh, contribute to a Roth IRA. And and for a married filing jointly um, tax return, that's somewhere in the $240,000 range. It begins to phase out uh, over time. But eventually, when you top that 240, you're you're not going to be able to get those dollars into a Roth IRA. But you can put them. There is no income restriction on making contributions to a traditional IRA. Now, when you make that conversion, the earnings are taxable, right? When you make that conversion. But if you do not invest the dollars, John, then there really are no earnings to be made. So if you throw $7,000 into a Roth IRA, assuming that you're over 50 and can do that, because it's 6,500 if you're not over 50, uh, you can immediately, convert those dollars to a Roth IRA, and there would be no earnings that would be taxed. Now, the thing you have to be careful about is if you have other traditional IRA money.
2: Yes, and that that gets really complex because there's a ratio that you have to look at and go through. And, and again, you don't want to go this alone. You want to work with a financial advisor and a tax preparer working in concert together. You want your team pulled together you don't want one person doing one thing and the other person doesn't know what they're doing uh, or are not aware of what they're doing, I should say. So you want to work with a team, both your financial advisor and your tax preparer, to be sure that you don't step on a landmine because there are plenty of landmines when it comes to the IRS.
1: All right. We, you mentioned uh, Roth IRA dollars not counting in earned income so it can actually have an effect on your Social Security and how it's taxed. That's just one little tidbit uh about social security we're going to be spending a whole evening talking about well not a whole evening an hour or so of your evening (laughs) talking about social security at our upcoming hot springs workshop want to invite you to join us there it's called maximizing your social security it's coming up next week as we record this on september 20th september 26th is the date for the hot springs workshop at 6 30 being held at the hot springs convention center matt emanuel is our special guest he will be discussing all things Social Security. When are the best times to claim? Is it going to be there? Bring your questions just like you. Throw your questions to us here on the Get Ready for the Future show. We want it to be an educational opportunity for you, especially if you're getting close to claiming age and or retirement and wondering when is the best time to take my Social Security.
2: Absolutely, and I would highly encourage you to uh, attend this if you're anywhere close to uh, Social Security claiming age, uh, it could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference in your income over your lifetime. Having the proper claiming strategy, and certainly it's something that you want to to kind of commingle, if you will, with the other assets that you've got in a written financial plan. But that Social Security timing is very, very critical. And it's not cookie cutter. Don't allow somebody to tell you, oh, we'll just take it at 62 or 66 or 70 or whatever the case may be. It's very peculiar to your asset level. And so you want to come find out more about that. Matt Emanuel is a great presenter. Uh, We're going to have great information for you and some food as well. Hot Springs Convention Center, September 26th at 630. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash social security to register. Next up on the program is Rachel from Little Rock. And Rachel writes,
1: I'm nearing retirement, but frankly scared to do anything. I hear all the talk about the economy and recession, and it makes me concerned I'll lose what I've worked my whole life to build. I know that doing nothing isn't the best, but it feels like it right now. What should I do? Rachel, thanks very much, and you are in the same boat of so many people that come into our office, the same thing. I'm scared to lose what I've worked my whole life to build, and that is a perfect perfect perfectly reasonable feeling to have because so many people have it if they have not gone through the ready to retire process and built a written plan because that's that's where Rachel is you don't know how to invest if you should invest differently because you're uh, closing in on retirement which the answer is yes you do need to have a different investment strategy to distribute your dollars than you had when you were accumulating your dollars makes sense right but you don't know what that lump sum even really means. And if you went through 2022, John, it, I get it, right? I mean, even if you were in a balanced portfolio, a 60-40 uh, portfolio with 60% equities and 40% fixed income, it took a big hit. Uh, it dropped by about 10-plus percent, second worst year on record for a 60-40 portfolio, which is the portfolio historically uh, that retirees have been put in. So what should Rachel be looking to do? Well, she knows she shouldn't shouldn't do Nothing, uh, because that's analysis paralysis, right?
2: You get paralyzed by fear. Yes. And and rather than be paralyzed by fear, I think, Rachel, you need to take action. And I would, at this particular moment, I would go to your computer and go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash steps and download this document, Securing Financial Independence. Rachel, you don't need to be focused on what's on the TV scaring mm-hmm. the daylights out of mm-hmm. you you need to be focused on true financial independence. This is not a buzzword that we just use here at Gen Wealth. We are focused on true financial independence. Scott, as a matter of fact, we provide true financial independence to our clients every day here. When you download this this guide, Scott, you're gonna get seven steps to building sustainable life after work. Now, this won't give you all the details. It's a very high-level overview of the steps. But basically, it is the ready-to-retire process. We talk about determining your monthly income need, maximizing your Social Security benefit. We're doing a whole workshop on Social Security because it's number two on the list. Account for inflation. We know about inflation. Inflation reared its ugly head in the last you know 24 months or so, and so we're having to deal with that. You also have to plan for health care. Beware of taxes. Do the math and mind the gap. That it really is talking about... Uh, where things are in terms of, does your income cover your living expenses? Does the secure income that you've got from Social Security and maybe a pension, is that enough for you to cover all of your basic living expenses? If not, then we want to look at the nest egg that you built up and find ways that we can actually secure all your living expenses for the future. So that is, that, those are six steps. And then the seventh step really is the first step. It is create a written plan. You've got to create a written plan to be able to have some comfort in this. Fear is something that that you go through, Scott, when you don't know your way. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, you've been there before. You've been lost, mm-hmm. didn't know where you were. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were in a bad part of town, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, fear takes over. Right. But when you pull out the map, pull out the GPS, pull out the phone, whatever the case may be, you find your way. You find your path, and then you're feeling better because now you know where you're going. Yeah, and that's really the essence of the ready to retire process. That written plan gives you that direction of where you go. And I think Rachel probably—I'm just going to make a guess here. She's probably listened too much to the you know talking heads on TV mm-hmm. that have been talking about a recession for the last mm-hmm. year and a half. It's never happened. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it right. hasn't happened at this point. Right. And and so it can be easily. Uh, done to to get into this mindset but you know fear is not something that is any way beneficial to you basically if you're trying to play defense in retirement that's just not going to work you've got to play offense and i think that's something that rachel should do go to getreadyforthefuture.com download these steps and then give us a call and let's talk about getting your ready to retire process underway so you can boost your confidence feel better about where you're going in retirement
1: playing offense meaning being proactive to yes. build that plan you know and we talk about we talked about the recession earlier the possibility possibility of that you know it may come in 12 months it may not be for 2 years it may not be for 7 years but Rachel in retirement there's going to be one if yes. you if you live a very long retirement at all there's going to be one there may be multiple ones so the point here is to create an investment strategy and a written plan that expects that.
2: Yes. And, right. And, and anticipates that yes. happening. Uh, we, I was just sitting down just the other day with uh, some clients, been with clients for a long time with us here at Gen Wealth, And we've been through a lot in the last four or five years. You know, there's been a lot of economic ups and downs and, and things of that nature. But looking at their plan, they are basically where they were when they started retirement, but they had actually uh, taken in. About three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in income during that time, and that really is what uh, what you would want to do. You want to maintain your principal and begin to pull income, and still have the the same liquid net worth that you had when you started retirement. Now, each person's different each time that they get into. An investment, The timing is different. So I'm right. not saying that that's the result with everybody. But that is the strategy that we undertake here at GenWealth is to help you have a plan that anticipates what's going on in the economy, what's going on in the markets, not specifically down to, oh, we're going to have inflation at this rate or we're going to have a recession or anything of that nature. We know those things are going to come. So right. we build against that with your plan.
1: We talk about the three big risks all the time on this program, and that's really what we're talking about here. The big risks to your uh, retirement are sequence risk, inflation risk, longevity risk. Now, let's take just a brief second to talk about what those are. Sequence risk is what if I retire and I start selling shares of my investments as the value is going down, right? And that may be what Rachel's worried about. How can I lose money and see the values go down And think about taking money out of that. Well, you're not going to take money out of that in a properly designed investment strategy. You should control what you sell and when you sell it, meaning the money you're going to use today, maybe the next 12 months, maybe the next five years, needs to be risk off or at least lowered risk. So that principle is not going to fluctuate like the stock market. So your money should not be in the stocks and the money that you are taking in the near term. However, you still have to believe in equities for the long term and long term growth means you have some allocation to equities, but the intent is not to sell them for at least 15 years in the gen wealth Ready to Retire process. And why is that? Because you have to believe in an asset class that has a chance to outpace inflation. And that's the second risk, right? You have to be able to give yourself raises From your income, from your investments to your income over time, because things are going to cost more. We know that's the case. We've experienced that greatly over the last couple of years. And then finally, longevity, you have to have a perpetual plan. You can't have the income totally stop at any date in the future. I jokingly tell clients all the time, John, that if you can give me your date of death, we can build the perfect retirement income plan. But we just don't know the answer to that. So there always has to be income coming through either guaranteed income sources like social security, pensions, and potentially an annuity if you need it, or uh, the buckets have to continue to provide income to you.
2: Yeah, and and I think that that you know no strategy assures success. There is no strategy that assures success. Putting your money in a 5% CD does not assure success because that CD is going to come due. Interest rates are going to change. They may go down. Inflation is going to go up. You're not going to be able to keep pace with inflation. There is no strategy that assures success. Nothing in this life is assured. But what you want to do is stack as many of the cards in your favor as possible. And I think that's what the ready-to-retire process does. So, uh, Rachel, go download that uh, document, Securing Financial Independence, Seven Steps, building sustainable life after work that is at get ready for forward slash steps
1: final to final question today is from jacob and momel my compensation and employment are directly tied to the performance of the stock market should my investments be diversified into other areas such as real estate jacob thanks for your question should definitely think about diversification and you know, we've kind of alluded to that with rachel's question right it doesn't need to be all in stock it doesn't need to be all in a five percent cd But sometimes there are uh, situations where employees um, have massive amounts of company stock. We've seen many 401k plans where the employer match is all in company stock. Um, They've maybe chosen to invest in company stock. Maybe they've had a stock purchasing plan where they were able to get it discounted right, the purchase price. So there's all kinds of reasons it happens, and I'm not sure what Jacobs is. But if you have accumulated significant amounts of company stock, yes, diversification should be a consideration.
2: Scott, we had the opportunity to serve a, a client here at GenWealth just recently that had a massive amount of their liquid net worth, and they had a very substantial liquid net worth. Uh, they had a massive amount of their liquid net worth in a single company stock. They also worked at that company. So the fortunes of that entire family, their net worth, everything rode on the back of of how that company stock performed and so that is a untenable situation for just about anybody i think the general rule of thumb is that you probably ought to own uh maybe not any more than 10 percent of your liquid net worth in a single uh stock of your employer now jacob actually asked about uh the the diversification into real estate Mm -hmm. we really do like uh, diversified professionally managed real estate investments. We think that they have the ability to give the the client uh, more spread of risk out to different asset classes other than stocks and bonds. They also can be income producing so as the rent from those realty, uh, real real estate properties come in, that passes on to the the shareholder in some substantial percentage. So I think that, that really you're looking at uh, definitely a diversification question, but I think it's also a professional managed uh, yeah. uh, thing that it, that we would lean to.
1: Yeah, I think that's a real question when it comes to real estate. A lot of people think about, should I have rental houses? And some people are built to be able to do that. It can be a very good investment, but I think you have to ask yourself, how much time spend do I want to have when it comes to this real estate investment? Do you want to buy a house? Do you want to outsource the management of that? Are you going to fix things? Are you going to uh, make sure you rent it? Are you going to go through all of those? And if the answer is yes, then it might be the right uh, route for you. But the real estate investments here for our clients that we utilize are oftentimes the reverse is true. Sometimes they've been in the rental housing game, right? And they're ready to get out of that and enjoy retirement. They don't want the hands-on approach, but they want the value of diversification into an asset class, as John mentioned, other than stocks and bonds and these real estate investments give a great opportunity to uh, provide that um, with the distribution, with the professional management and you get to sleep and not really do anything just hold it
2: Yeah and Scott, I would also say that fixed income investments uh, if mm-hmm. if all of his uh, uh, wealth and, and income yeah. is tied to real estate, then I would be pretty heavily thinking about fixed income investments mm-hmm. because we've seen interest rates go up fixed income investments are paying in the 5 6 7% range depending on how much risk you want to take with fixed income but that is a great diversifier for someone who is you know solidly in a situation where their their income and their wealth is dependent upon solely the stock market stock market is a great thing for long term benefit but if you think about it from the standpoint of of you know income and cash flow and things of that nature then you could be in a problematic situation given the volatility that we've seen lately. Especially the timing of the bond market right now, because people may be saying, well, wait a minute,
1: didn't you just say the 60-40 portfolio took a big hit in 2022? Yes, Mm -hmm. and the reason the, the fixed income component did was because of the rapid rise in interest rates. That has downward pressure on the bond values, right? So moving forward, if you expect a stable or even falling interest rate environment, the outlook on bonds looks a lot different and a lot more attractive. There's the closing bell uh, on the Get Ready for the Future show, meaning it's time for our final thoughts. John, we'll start with you.
2: Scott, I I can really relate to uh, the question that Rachel asked about being scared as you're heading into retirement. It is a scary time. You're thinking about, okay, I've worked all of my life for a paycheck, been pretty stable and secure with that paycheck. Now I've got to make it on my own. I think that that You have to focus yourself away from the fear and toward the future. Here's the point. Securing financial independence isn't easy, but it's definitely worth the trouble that you will go through to make that happen. And the first step to make that happen is to sit down and assess where you are, and that may even strike fear in some people because they fear like that they haven't prepared well for retirement. It is what it is. You just have to make the best of it instead of making another mistake. And being fearful can lead you down the road of a mistake in retirement. So give us a call here at Wealth. Let us help you uh, secure financial independence through our ready-to-retire process. You can give us a call at 866-653-PLAN. Or reach out to us at info at GetReadyForTheFuture.com.
1: My final thought is a chance to be educated on Social Security. The Hot Springs Workshop called Maximizing Your Social Security is coming up next week, September 26th at 6.30 at the Hot Springs Convention Center. Matt Emanuel is our special guest speaker. He's going to talk about Social Security and answer your questions. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash social security to register the event is absolutely free but space is limited so reserve your seat today and that is all the time we have for this week's get ready for the future show thank you for jacob thank you to jacob rachel and charlie as well as thomas for your questions and if you have a question get them to us before next week just send them in either with a voicemail or a text to 501-381-5228
0: Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future Show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866 653 7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.